the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. I will not fail to miss it. I know, according to the talk show host manual, you really should watch the president's uh, State of the Union address. But if you need me tonight, I'll be watching the Penguins game. And it's not just because the current president is a senile old man with signs of dementia. I just think that the State of the Union address became a, a parody of itself a while ago. It's a bunch of applause lines strung together, 535 people plus guests standing up and sitting back down a lot. And in the case of Joe Biden, I wouldn't believe that one word that comes out of his mouth was actually the result of any thought that was formed in his brain. You have to wonder what cocktail of drugs he might be on that's going to allow him to get through the thing tonight. And do you really think he's going to say anything that surprises you or gets you excited or changes your mind about anything or makes you glad you took the time out of your day to watch it? Time you're never going to get back, by the way. Now, I do have a couple of ideas. I think this would make the show a lot better. Um, I think Kevin McCarthy in his new seat there behind the president as Speaker of the House, should hold up the script about, I don't know, halfway through, you know, and grab a hold of it and make it look like he's about to tear it up and look out at the audience, you know, the way that nasty old woman Nancy Pelosi did a few years ago. And the Republicans in the chamber, they could give him the thumbs up, you know, the gladiator thumbs up or thumbs down on whether they think he should tear it up. Now, I'd be a thumbs up guy, you know, to carry on the tradition that Nancy started, but... That would be that would be a great moment. And what would be even better would be for the speaker to make the speech into a paper airplane and sail it into the crowd. I'd really like that. And if I heard that was a possibility, I'd definitely skip the Penguins game tonight. But if the Republicans really want to score some points, I maybe they've done it. Uh, would they have the guts to do this? I'd be. I know they'd say they'd say it was a, a disgrace and disrespectful. And but what was tearing up the script anyway? They should get someone to sneak a white helium-filled balloon into the chamber and then about a few minutes into Joe's speech tonight, let it rise and then, you know, watch it bounce along the ceiling. And try, and maybe there'd be like a scramble of people trying to get it down or maybe they'd bring in the sergeant of arms to shoot it the way they did the, the balloon out over the ocean. It'd be tremendous. But it's just going to be another example of an old man who's really, really bad at reading a teleprompter, and really, really bad at speaking the truth, so uh, I'm going to pass. Well, when we come back, I'm going to talk to a guy who's helped write a few State of the Union speeches, Dick Morris. Stick around. Are you tired of long hold times when you need tech support? Look no further than Vision Computers. With us, the average hold time is just 15 seconds. That means you won't be stuck on hold for hours on end, waiting for assistance. But that's not all. Our custom-built PCs also come with three years of parts and labor included, plus one year of managed service. That means you can have peace of mind knowing that your computer is covered for any potential issues. And when you purchase a new PC from us, you'll get printer, email, and general software setup assistance at no charge. That's right. We'll help you get your new computer set up and running smoothly at no extra cost. We know how important it is to have a reliable computer, and that's why we go above and beyond to provide top-notch tech support and service. Visit us at www.visioncomputers.com or call us at 404-COMPUTE to speak with a live person today. 
Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cause would stop, the threats would stop. It was easy like, uh... One, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive list, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to Get your MyPillow 2.0s now. We're entering a time of increasing hostility against people of faith. A time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral and physical and financial basis, unlike any other time in our lifetime. I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author, evangelical leader, here to remind you that you have to take action to protect and steward what God has given you. For example, record high inflation is going to continue to eat away at the dollar, and the savings of your retirement account is in danger. Fortunately, God does provide a way to protect your retirement. I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word FAITH to 989898. That'll give you access to a free info kit on gold IRAs. There are no strings attached, so text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with peace of mind because you took action. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. Well, the big guy gets to give his first uh, real State of the Union address tonight. I'm actually a little surprised. I didn't think he would last this long, but he is ready now, pretty much committed to running again. Dick Morris was an advisor to Bill Clinton and to George W. Bush, and he's the author of the book The Return, Donald Trump's Big 2024 Comeback, and he joins us now. Dick, thanks for coming on again. appreciate it. Well, Greg, it's fine. Uh, I don't expect a whole lot tonight. Uh, (coughs) I actually have a radio show. Uh, in New York that I do on WABC and I play music in connection with the news items that I talk about. So I intro the State of the Union thing with uh, the um, the song Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Sweet Little Lies. And then uh, after a few minutes, I've been on the fifth dimension up up in the way in my beautiful balloon. (laughs) And between those, I think we kind of have his speech covered yeah, well, you know, uh, funny you mention that because I've suggested that what somebody ought to do in that building tonight is uh, release a white helium-filled balloon and just watch it yeah. bounce along on yeah. the ceiling. I think that would get a good I love, reaction. I love that idea. It's great. <laughs> good way to get thrown out, though, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the presidents have always had speech writers. Um, but I would guess in most cases the speechwriters were they were writing about uh, how the what, what the president would say and but what he wants to say they were telling him how to say it. I'm just wondering how much of what Joe says tonight is going to be written by people who are telling him what to say instead of how to say it. All, all, all of it. 
all of it. <clears throat> Let me tell you the process I went through when I wrote these for Bill Clinton. Um, in, uh, about, long about late November, two months before the speech, uh, I would conduct a massive poll where I would test all public reaction to all of the initiatives we were going to launch, all the ideas. And I would canvass the administration, speak to the entire cabinet, speak to all the staff about everything that he was thinking of proposing and uh, come up with a whole lot of ideas on my own, mm -hmm. run them by him, and when I got green lights, I put them on the wall. Then I polled it, and I got the answers back. And the stuff that was popular, we then wrote up in speech format, and that became the State of the Union speech. So it was very good, and there were his ideas, and they were, it was really a good, good speeches. And the, speech, the State of the Union speeches that Bill Clinton gave were like the towers of a suspension bridge. In other words, the, uh, as soon as he finished them, the, his ratings would go down over time and then go up again when the next one was coming. And they would, these perches, these high ratings after the speech, really came to define his presidency. The, um, the thing about, uh, about Biden is that there's nothing he can say. Uh, there, there, there are no shared accomplishments, no accomplishments. When he turns to the audience and he says, I have the best economy in years, nobody buys that. Uh, you're doing much better than you were three years ago. Nobody believes that. Uh, inflation is under control. No, it's not. And the factual predicates that he needs to cite to make the speech work are not going to be missing because nobody will believe them. Let me tell you one other thing. When it started to go to work for Donald Trump, having worked for Bill Clinton, and he had just finished his State of the Union for 2020. And I said, you know, sir, your State of the Union speech is exactly like the ones that I used to write for Bill Clinton. Just the difference is that you spoke past tense, and he spoke in the future tense. He said, I will do this, I will do that, I'm planning to do this. You can say, I did this, I did this, it happened. And almost the entire agenda that Bill Clinton laid out, you passed and you did it. Uh, for example, Clinton would want to build the wall on the southern border. Trump did. Clinton would say, I'm going to lower the gap between the rich and the poor among blacks. Clinton did. I'm going to reduce the unemployment rate to start lows. Trump did. Trump did all of those things uh, after promising them in the speech. So the speeches were very similar, except that Trump's was based on tremendous achievement. And now Biden has no anchor for the speech. It's just simply his, his ideas, his hopes, his fantasies, and uh, the, and the uh, propaganda about what he's going to claim he accomplished. Yeah, so... Um... <laughs> His poll numbers are really bad with Democrats. Um, yeah. What does that do to the chances uh, that someone's going to challenge him in a primary? Oh, I think it's so tempting for someone to do that. I think that it's just quite a matter of time until somebody does that. Uh, McLaughlin did a poll among Democratic primary voters, voters people are going to vote in the Democratic primary. He said, who would you vote for? Who would you vote for nomination? president in 2024, and Biden had 25% of the vote. 75% show someone else over undecided. The comparable number for Trump in the Republican primary was 58. So he's pathetically weak, pathetically so. And um, when you ask people who would you vote for if Biden did not run, <laughs> there's no consensus. Harris leads the field at that point with 15%. Tiny. Michelle at 14. Buttigieg at 7 or 8. And more importantly, there were 20 candidates that had one point or more. So if he doesn't run, it's just going to shatter the mirror. And you'll have shards of glass all over the place of Democrats getting small percentages of the vote. Now, are you aware, uh, uh, Dick, of any first-term president who, who was as underwater with his own party as Biden is right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're asking me to 
historical question. I'll go through it. The plenty were uh, Buchanan was uh, the um, Andrew Johnson was. Uh, uh, let me think. Uh, uh, in modern times, uh, Coolidge was Louver was. Um, yeah, I mean it's not it's not unusual, uh, but a lot of the times they drop out and don't go for a second term. Almost all the people I just named only ran for one term. Mm-hmm. And I think in this situation, Ben Buren was, I think in this situation, there are going to be so many people who are just waiting to run, but they can't because the field is frozen because everybody says the emperor has no clothes and you can't come out and say that he has no clothes and everybody's afraid to say that. But politics are poor as a vacuum. And sooner or later, some people are going to run. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous in the poll. Beto O'Rourke, who lost two statewide races in Texas, has 3% that wanted to run, that will vote for him for the nomination. The, the field in the event that Biden doesn't run goes as follows. Harris, 15. Michelle Obama, 14. Buttigieg, 10. And then between 5 and 10, AOC, Hillary Clinton, um, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and one or two others. Very crowded, nobody getting much of a vote. It'd be total chaos in the Democratic Party. And Biden is scared to death of the primary, which is why he had the Democratic Party shuffle the order of primaries yep. and put South Carolina first, because South Carolina's the only state in his life he's ever carried. He's run for president three times. It's the only one he ever carried in the primary. Yeah, so that was the that was the deal with the shakeup, so that he could uh, he could yeah. run the uh, South Carolina would be number one, and that's the one place that he knows he can win. That's right. That's right. Uh, is but Dick is the is the country ready ready for Pete Buttigieg or Elizabeth Warren? I mean, please. If Biden pulls out, you're going to see a fight between the left and the blacks, and the blacks will probably name Cory Booker or. Uh, Patrick Duval, former governor of Massachusetts, and uh, the and the white radicals will probably go for Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. But I think eventually AOC will emerge as a candidate. Yeah, please, and um, and then I think that the party's going to turn to Hillary uh, to return some sanity to it. And I think she would have a shot at that nomination if Biden pulls out. Uh, Who who'd you say there last would have a shot? Hillary Clinton. Oh, oh, my God. She'd be, what, 77 years old? Yeah, she's my age. That's not too old. No, I'm, I'm, not, that much, <laughs> I'm not that much younger. Um, kind of young, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Dick, you, you've been around. We're talking to Dick Morris. You can find him at dickmorris.com. His book is The Return, Donald Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Uh, you've been around when a president was preparing for a State of the Union speech. Uh, it is, it's 100% scripted, I'm sure, but... How nervous do you think Joe's handlers are about Joe figuring out a way to work in a major gaffe tonight? Despite oh, this, very, very, very nervous. But I will tell you a really funny story. When Bill Clinton gave his speech in 1994, he stood up there on the podium, and the kid that was operating the teleprompter read the wrong speech into the teleprompter uh. speech that he gave to Congress two years before. And when Come he in, Clinton saw that the teleprompter was wrong. But rather than correct him, he proceeded from memory to give the speech word for word as a photographic memory. Wow. And about halfway through, the kid realized how he screwed up, and he quickly put the correct speech in, found the place Clinton was up to, and then Clinton proceeded, and nobody in the country knew that it happened until we released it about two years later. Well, I worked in TV for 30 years uh, as an anchor, and I um, I know how to read a teleprompter, and Joe is really, really bad at doing it. Yeah, he is. He's uh, they, could, they could put in there the – they could write – well, he's already – he's read, like, directions that they've given him. Stop here, you know, or read you know, quote they could, again. So, they could put crazy stuff in the teleprompter, like inflation is ending – like we have record job growth, like the economy is just great, the border is not a problem, 
and he'll read it with a straight face. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, I, we I, I've had some uh, discussions here on the show about Michelle Obama, and I, I know you mentioned her as one of the people who's out there. If you were to if you were to bet money on who's going to end up running if Joe doesn't, or even if he does, um, would it be Michelle Obama number one? Would she? Be- I, I don't think so, and I think it's the I've only told Michelle once in recent weeks, and in that one I asked people how about a presidential race of Trump against Michelle, and Michelle did not do much better than Biden did. Wow. She lost to Trump by four or five points. So I don't think she's magic. Uh, I think that, um, I think she, it's way overestimated, as you do. But listen, before we go, I just want to say that I'm in danger of becoming an extinct species <laughs> because uh, I work for Newsmax TV. Oh, yeah. And Direct TV, at the direction of ATT that owns it, mm-hmm. has decreed that none of the 14 million people who use DirecTV, who want to watch Newsmax, are going to be able to do so. It's okay tonight, when there's, tomorrow night, when there's a state of the, or tonight, when there's a state of the union speech, everybody covers that. But when Trump gives his speeches at rallies or issues statements or does debates, nobody but Newsmax covers that. Right. Fox doesn't, the networks don't, and by De- by deflocking Newsmax and taking it off the DirecTV dial, they are literally making it impossible for Trump to get his message through to those 14 million people. And uh, it is just outrageous. It's an act of not just censorship, but over-intervention in the presidential race in an effort to stop one guy from getting elected. And it is absolutely ridiculous. And I would urge strongly that every one of your listeners uh, who uses DirecTV for TV service or ATT for phone service, call one eight seven seven newsmax That's one eight seven seven N E W S M A X one eight seven seven newsmax and they'll patch you through DirecTV into ATT. And tell them to go to hell. They're canceling the subscription, <laughs> and if they're, they're pulling the plug on Trump, you're pulling the plug on them. 87,000 people have done that over the last week. Good. And that keeps happening. They're going to have to back off their position. Before I let you go, i got to ask you, uh, we're talking to Dick Morris. His book is uh, The Return, Donald Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. And the last time, I think we had you on when your, your book first came out. Are you yeah. are you any less confident today than you were back a few months ago that uh, oh, no, 2024 much, is Trump's to win? I'm much more confident. Really? Because nobody else has really taken off. Uh, DeSantis is still 13 points behind Trump. He had been closer, but in the last two months he's faded a bit. And um, Trump, when I made those predictions, was tied with Biden. Now he's got a five and seven point lead. So, uh, yeah, much more confident than that. I think he's likely to get the Republican nomination, not quite a shoo-in, but strong favorite. And I think that any Republican is going to beat the Democrats because Biden is so impossible and so inept and so incompetent. And the rest of their field is so splintered, it's going to be a fractured party. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm so, that's all okay with me. I, I just can't imagine Joe Biden... Four years from now, in the second year of his second term at 82 years, uh, what would be 84 years old? 84, yeah. Uh, you want a prediction, though, about tonight's speech? Yeah. The thing I would pay attention to, if I were you, is the Republican rebuttal to his speech, because it's going to be delivered by, in my judgment, the person who's going to be the next vice president of the United States, Huckabee. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Wow. I bet that Trump is going to choose her, and I bet that she will be an incredible success. Well, I like her, yeah. that's uh, I like the prediction. Dick, always good to have you on, and okay. uh, the book is The Return, Donald Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Thanks for coming on, Dick. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. And I'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Speaking with Salem Radio, former GOP Congressman J.D. Hayworth expects a partisan State of the Union speech by President Biden, but he's questioning whether many Americans will agree with it. You're going to see a speech that uh, may sound good to his most uh, devoted partisans, but will be questioned uh, very skeptically by most of the American people. It will be the president's first speech to Congress since Republicans took control of the House in the midterm elections. The State of the Union at 9 p.m. Eastern. Germany, Denmark, and the Netherlands announcing plans to provide Ukraine with at least 100 refurbished Leopard 1 battle tanks. That move comes as Kiev anticipates a new Russian offensive around the one-year anniversary of the invasion. The Dow is up 139 points, the S&P up 36. This is SRN News. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Dennis Prager sees no opposing views from the left. How you think matters to the left. I have been asked if I believe that the last election was honest. I say I don't know. That is as bad as engaging in treason to the left. You may not think contrary to how they think. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The answer. Treat your someone special to an unexpectedly special Valentine's Day with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. From their beautiful crosses, diamond, pearl, and gemstone collections, Mark Helgerman and the custom jewelry experts at Trinity Jewelers will help you find or create the perfect gift to express exactly how you feel. Visit trinityjewelers.com today or find them aboard the Gateway Clipper at the Word FM Valentine Date Night, February 10th. Trinity Jewelers, your trusted custom jeweler for over 50 years. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Do you have a loved one entering a nursing home? There's a lot at stake. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Depending on your family's long-term care goals, there are important decisions that should be made before a facility is needed. Talk to a qualified legal professional today. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we can help your family navigate the complicated Medicaid rules so that you can properly save some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy & Hagerman at a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see occasional rain and drizzle this evening. Otherwise, cloudy skies tonight with a low of 33. Variable clouds tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 47. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night with a bit of rain late, the low 37. Increasingly windy Thursday with periods of rain. Temperatures approaching the record last reached in 2001 will reach a high Thursday of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I went to the Social Security office today, and uh, nice people there and everything, and I walked in, didn't know what to expect. I mean, I I had some business to take care of, nothing, nothing, no big deal, just had to pick up a form, and uh, 
I walk in and there's a security guard there. There's one other one other person in this small office that in the waiting area, and then in the back there are people sitting in booths, encased in glass. And I walk in and I notice that the security guard <clears throat> was wearing a mask. Okay, what is this? February? What is it? Seventh, eighth, whatever it is. Twenty. 7th of 2023, he was wearing a mask. And he said, I thought, okay, this guy's one of those mask people (laughs) who's, you know, still thinks he has to wear a mask. And he said, "Uh, would you mind putting on a mask, please? And he pointed over to a pile of black cloth, useless masks. So I couldn't help myself. I had to say, I mean, I tried to be nice. I, I, I ended up having a nice conversation with the guy. So it wasn't like it was. I created a scene, but I said, "You got to be kidding! I, you, you, you have to. You, you are not still wearing masks." He said, "Yeah, sorry, that's you know not my." And I, I, I know that I can't blame the guy. The poor guy has a job. He's got to do what the boss tells him. The boss happens to be the stupid federal government, and he. Said, you know, they gotta, you know, that's that's our policy. I said, seriously, how long, much longer are you going to be wearing masks? Like till twenty seventy six? What is there a? He said, well, there's. They said maybe March. We might not be able to wear them anyway. No, I didn't want to get into the whole. Well, so in other words, you will get a disease and die today, but three weeks from now, when it's no longer February, not a problem. You take off the mask. Who's coming up with this stuff? Okay. Now, uh, there was one other woman in the office, and she had a mask on. She was you know, going by the rules. I don't know if she had a problem. But I ended up having a good conversation with a guy. He recognized me from TV and everything and talked to me about sports. And so it was a friendly conversation. But so I, I had the thing that obviously I said, listen, I do a radio show, and I'm, I'm cursed because I've had multiple guests on to talk about how stupid masks are and i i thought about i didn't mention it to him but i thought about cyril wecht when i called him early on to the into the COVID insanity and uh <laughs> the language that came out of cyril when i brought up the masks about the people who would walk into a restaurant with a mask on and take it off sit down and eat and then get up and he and he, he looked out his window and saw people riding a, you know, i guess he lives over by shenley golf course or say he he saw people riding in a golf cart with a mask on. He just said, because I had told him, Cyril, I was just out of the bike path out in the country. It was me and no other humans except the one person who passed me coming the other way on a bike, and she had a mask on. He, he, he went off again. Just so stupid. So, so I had just seen, like yesterday or maybe even this morning, this headline on uh, – uh, at uh, the Free Beacon, I think it is. Yeah, Free Beacon. This is the headline. This study could be scientific nail in the coffin for masks. And uh, it's written by somebody named Aaron Saberi. I've got to give him credit. But he says, the study reviewed 78 randomized control trials, experiments that have long been considered, quote, the gold standard for medicine which uh, assessed the effectiveness of face masks against flu, COVID-19, and similar illnesses. It found that wearing masks, are you ready for the quote? Probably (laughs) makes little or no difference, unquote, for the general public, no matter what kind of mask is used, even N95 masks, considered the most effective at filtering airborne particles, showed no clear benefit for healthcare workers. Uh, this was a study by the Cochrane Library, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E, I think it's in Australia, a world-renowned medical database that is famous for its high-quality evidence reviews. Uh, and this is another quote from the, from the piece at the, at the, uh, the beacon, uh, the free beacon. This amounts to the scientific nail in the coffin for mask mandates, said Kristen Walsh, a clinical professor of pediatrics in Morristown, New Jersey. Quote, I just can't wrap my mind around the fact that some schools are still actively forcing children to wear masks, much less children who need to see faces 
to learn, unquote. Both organizations, now this is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the American Academy of Pediatrics, have maintained the masks are effective at curbing COVID-19, including in schools, but the guidance was typically based on weak studies with small sample sizes. This is all according to this piece in the uh, New Beacon. Again, it goes on, uh, more than two years after the start of the pandemic, some schools are still requiring masks. School districts in Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, I don't know of any local, maybe they're out there and I don't know about it, but they reimposed mask mandates in January amid a spike in respiratory illnesses. And then uh, the guy who wrote this piece goes on uh, to point out that as of this writing, no major media outlets have covered the Cochrane Review. It's a sharp contrast to the reception of other more pro-mask studies, which were the subject of glowing write-ups in the New York Times, the Atlantic, and the Washington Post. So there I was, just innocently going into the Social Security office to take care of a minor piece of business, and I had to be confronted with a mask. And I, it's the first time I've had a mask on. I can't tell you the last time. And believe me, I wore the masks. I was not one of these people who caused the scene. I, I avoided places as you know as the as the hysteria went on, and uh, and I couldn't take it anymore. I stopped wearing masks, or at least I I didn't. I never stopped wearing masks where they were required. I just stopped going to places that required masks. I couldn't go. I don't care what restaurant it was. And if, even if I only had to walk in the door and go 10 feet. And you see, with me, and I don't know about how it is for you, but for me, it's not just, it's not the physical part of putting the mask on, which got on my nerves today. I hadn't one on, had, had one on for a while, and I had forgotten how nauseating it is to have the thing on for even 10 minutes. But it's, it's not that, the actual act of putting the mask on, that bothers me as much as the stupidity of ha- being required to put it on. That, that's what bothers me. And I, and I looked at this poor guy, and the guy who was sitting behind the glass who was taking care of me, my, my issue with the Social Security thing, he had a mask on. Uh, and this guy, nice guy, sitting out in the lobby, security guy, he has to wear that mask every day. He told me he takes it off when there's nobody in the office. But there's, but he said there's almost always somebody in the office. So this poor guy, this far into the stupidity, still has to come into work, sit down at his desk, and put that stupid, stupid, useless, meaningless, virtue-signaling, idiotic mask on every day. That is a perfect example. There's no better example of the stupidity of the federal government. Speaking of stupidity... When I come back, I'm going to have something from Joy Reid. So you won't want to miss that. that Did you know that the average price of a used car is up over 40% from just a year ago? The cost of living has gone up and the cost for auto repairs is rising as well. The car you have needs to last you longer than ever. So if your vehicle has less than 150,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire, or with no warranty coverage at all, you need to call CarShield at 800-523-8667. We've just announced a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle service plan to help save thousands of dollars on out-of-pocket expenses for future auto repairs. While the cost for new and used cars continue to go up, CarShield offers protection plans at an all-time low. Drivers who activate their plan today will also receive 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing and emergency tire, battery, and key lockout service. Call 800-523-8667 today to save 20% on your plan. That's 800-523-8667. Keep your car protected. Call 800-523-8667. Again, 800-523-8667. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. Available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally new pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally nude pajamas. Go to pajamagram.com right now and save 25%. 
Pajamagram will even wrap the whole gift up for free. That's right, 25% off naturally nude pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. Order now. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So the Grammys were Sunday night, and I, uh, as I said yesterday, I made a point to not to fail to miss that also, um, except for one segment that I did see with Smokey Robinson and, and um, Stevie Wonder, two very old men still can sing, and a great band and some good songs, and and then there was the other stuff that I had no interest in seeing, and I don't, I have no interest whatsoever in ever watching an awards program. Uh, my wife has been known to kind of watch them, and she calls me in every once in a while, and she called me in to see Smokey and uh, and and Stevie, so I did see that, but um, and then I unfortunately had to take a look at Lizzo. Uh, she called me in to see her. I had to look at that, which you know I ran out of the room screaming when I saw her, but that's. <laughs> That's another issue, but um, it, uh, it, it was it was the typical stuff with um, well, it wasn't really typical. They had this guy, this guy Sam Smith, who's a man who I think has now become a woman, and he has a beard and long hair, and he wears a dress, and you know that's what I'm supposed to watch on a Sunday night. Um, but anyway, he he did a demonic presentation where he was, you know, he had devil's horns, and it was I've seen the clips of it, but I didn't. I didn't see it live. I would have, again, I would have broken my fingers changing the channel on the remote if I had seen it. But so, but this was it was one of the most nauseating shows you could possibly imagine for national television. But Joy Reid of MSNBC, I guess this was last night, gave her response to the Grammys from Sunday night. Listen to this. I hadn't watched in years, but I actually really enjoyed it. Although I'm not sure everybody else did. It was, to put it mildly, a celebration of the very thing the American right has turned into its latest anti-wokeness boogeyman, diversity, equity, and inclusion. The show opened with Puerto Rican singer Bad Bunny singing 99% in Spanish. Then host Trevor Noah walked and talked through a room that was diversity, equity, and inclusion in human form. The first country Americana artist to perform, Brandi Carlisle, was introduced by her wife and daughters. We saw the first trans artist win a Grammy, Kim Petras, who has a hit song with Sam Smith, the British singer who came out in 2019 as non-binary. Black acting superstar Viola Davis became an EGOT, winning a Grammy to add to her Golden Globe, Oscar and Tony Awards. Lizzo performed with her amazing choir of many sized singers. Beyonce took home her 32nd Grammy to become the most Grammy decorated singer of all time. Best thing, and I had to look this up, Hungarian-British conductor George Solti. Record of the year went to Harry Styles, a British male singer who frequently puts on dresses to pose in magazines and is a sex symbol to women and men because of it. And there was a 15-minute epic tribute to the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. So, yeah, the culture wars are over, and the left won, like, total defeat. (laughs) I can only imagine the heads exploding in red states. I imagine Ron DeSantis is somewhere stalking through his governor's mansion trying to figure out how to ban the airing of the Grammys in Florida and take away CBS's tax exemptions. No educational value, queer theory, black music. (laughs) It's a helpful reminder that despite the almost hysterical war the right is waging to take the culture back to the John Wayne era, they are not just losing. They literally cannot win. Cultural progression is relentless. Once people get a taste of modernity, they almost never go back willingly. Red state governors and legislators can ban as many books as they want, but people can still buy them on Amazon and literally hand them to their kids. Young Americans are still going to find out the awful parts of American history. That's Joy. Uh, Her ratings stink. She gets, uh, you know, she's talking about how the the culture has arrived and, and changed or whatever it was she was trying to, the point she was making. Her show, uh, the... Tucker Carlson, first of all, no, her show's on 
um, at 7 o'clock up against Jesse Waters. He blew her away by a million viewers. So that's the culture also that, uh, you know, her, she's trying to celebrate. Um, so they had 12.55 million viewers Sunday night. That's uh, 31% improvement over the previous year, but the previous year, um, 9.5 was the worst ratings ever. So that's how the culture is doing. They they had a 2.88 among adults 18 to 49. That's the rating. That means 97% of the people in the country between 18 and 49 did not watch the Grammys. So to think that this had some huge influence on anybody is idiotic. So I look back at uh, 2003. Now, here's the other thing. She talks about the crowd and the diversity. You can go back and look at Grammys and see winners like um, uh, Whitney Houston and the Temptations and all and Diana Ross and the Supremes and all all the and going back even further than that, Ella Fitzgerald and black entertainers as though they were somehow excluded from the Grammys. Uh, you might be able to you could make that case for the Oscars, but not the Grammys. So like that they weren't diverse. Like the, it's only been the last half hour that you know black singers and performers were winning awards. But in 2003, that's 20 years ago, as opposed to the 12.55 million they had for this lovely show that that uh, Joy Reid was slobbering all over, they had 24.8 million. So they they had double what they had with this undiverse, un unhip, uncool 2003 version. The album of the year was Nora Jones, and the record of the year was uh, by Nora Jones. Don't know why. That's the that was the name of the song, and you can go back and find uh, that Whitney Houston, uh, the Bodyguard, that that won a Grammy. That was the song of the year. The album that had that song on it was the song of the year, and that was back twenty years ago. So it's not like it just happened in the last half hour. So Joy Reid uh, is an idiot. Okay, now to someone else. Now I don't. I, I will. Well, this is this is someone named Donica. Rome, R-O-E-M. Uh, it's a man who now uh, pretends to be a woman and is a delegate to the Virginia House, and this person is actually dumber than Joy Reid, talking about transgender and sports. Listen to this. When we want to deal with the idea of how do we support women athletes, how about we show up to their games? How about we, per- we pay them equally? Right now in the WNBA, Mr. Speaker, the highest paid person gets $200,000. Compare that to the NBA, where the highest paid person gets more than $44 million in a year. And we haven't even talked about the floor in each of those. How many times have any, any of you here gone to a girls' basketball game followed by a boys' basketball game where the girls' game starts at 5 or 5.30 and the boys' game starts at 7 or 7.30 and you saw the gym get packed right in the very end of the fourth quarter of the girls' game because so many people were there excited for the boys' game regardless of how competitive, regardless of the skills, regardless of the rankings of the girls' team, often when they were playing the exact same school. If we want to support female athletes, then show up to their games. Fight for equal pay for them. But at the same time, to beat up on trans kids... To, because nine trans kids last year wanted to play sports, we're now going to affect a policy for more than 1.2 million students. They're not beating up on anybody, by the way. Speaking of stupid, uh, this is they, they and you know they they really should. Um, before you go off on these things and talk about how the WNBA, which nobody cares about and nobody watches, um, that. They somehow should get paid the same as an NBA player because they're doing the exact same thing and performing the same tasks and and working just as hard to to actually be supposedly intelligent enough to be an elected official and still be stupid enough to think that you can make a comparison between the WNBA and the NBA. The average NBA team's value is one. This is from a couple of years ago. Uh, is 1.9 billion. Okay, uh, the um, the average the N- the WNBA loses 10 million dollars a year. Okay, the NBA makes billions. I don't have the exact number here right now, but um, 
now they have so so should anybody be surprised that the players on the team on the for the league that averages well that that is worth billions and brings in billions of dollars would make more than a team that has trouble making up even one billion not even I'm close to a billion that they're they're in the maybe a fifty million dollars or something and the average salary as she said what she say it was two hundred thousand for the NBA or the top player I guess gets two hundred thousand. Uh, in the NBA, there's guys making thirty, forty million. It's the NBA, but what kind of a, a moron would make that comparison and think that WNBA women should make as much as NBA men playing basketball? This is why they 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 have no credibility because maybe you can make a case, maybe you could come up with a way to make a case that the WNBA players deserve to be played more and paid more, even though. Their teams lose money as opposed to, you know, making money. But, you know, maybe you can come up with it. Maybe just because you should be nicer to them and, and reward them for being – for trying real hard. I don't know. But um, – and then she says she says they're beating up the transgender kids. They're not beating anybody up. They're just not letting men compete against women because it's stupid. And it's been known for as long as there have been sports – that men shouldn't compete against women in most athletic events. So, and it's and it's not because there's only nine transgender, which she points out. It's about, and by the way, it's not a big deal, the nine, unless it happens to be your roster spot and you're a girl that's been working real hard and some guy comes along and takes your spot on the roster or beats you in a competition, or if it's your daughter, then it becomes a little bit of a bigger deal, but... And they, they point to the num the small number of transgender athletes, men competing males competing against females. It's it's the whole thing is it's about nipping it in the bud. There's nine now. We don't want nine hundred or nine thousand or whatever it could amount to because they're trying to com- to protect women in sports. So you know that maybe they can get to be really good at basketball playing against each other, and then you know. Go into the NBA and make a pretty nice living of $200,000 a year. What stupidity. It's everywhere. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.